You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Dane Mizutani. Tom Schreier is not here today. He is still the co-host, but this morning he will be at TCO Performance Center in Egan hunting down the coordinators, talking to them. Um, the turnaround's a little too quick. So you just got me this morning. But we've done this before. I've flown solo before, and uh, I think we've become pretty good friends. So just wanted to chat th- with you guys today with the Vikings coasting the Jets on Sunday. You know, me and Tom talked Tuesday. We kind of teased that game a little bit. Um, I think the last segment we did, we talked about you know, the games on the schedule that scare us most. <clears throat> and I don't think either of us overlooked this game. We didn't list this game as, as a game that scares us most of the remaining games left on the schedule. I think Tom said the Lions game next week. I said the Packers game in week 17. We didn't list this game because we thought the Vikings were going to get up for the Jets. Um, the games that scare us most on the schedule, I think, both of us were, these are trap games. These are games the Vikings might overlook. Um, these are in-division games against teams that are down this year that that maybe the Vikings are going to take for granted as an automatic win um, when, when really they shouldn't. Um, this Jets game, I think it's one that they're going to come out ready for to understand kind of the task at hand. This is kind of the culmination of that that month-long stretch that we talked about that could define this season for the Vikings. You know, they entered that bills game seven and one three weeks ago, beat the bills came back, got annihilated by the Cowboys at home four days later, beat the Patriots in impressive fashion on Thanksgiving. And here we are about nine, 10 days after that heading into the Sunday night game or the Sunday afternoon game. It didn't get flexed. It should have instead we'll have to watch Dallas versus Indianapolis on Sunday night, um, the the Vikings Jets game seemed like a natural, you know, candidate to get flexed. Um, the Vikings at nine and two, the Jets impressively at seven and four. Um, I think a lot of people forget um, that the Jets are not this walkover pushover team anymore. Um, that's why I'm excited for this weekend's game. Um, I think Sunday will be a good test for the Vikings. Another opportunity for them to kind of 
put a signature win on their resume. They don't really have, they have signature wins to this point. That's, uh, you know, the Bills game, the Patriots game on Thanksgiving, but they don't have a signature victory in which they've just dominated from the onset. Um, I think that is possible this weekend. I think that's something the Vikings should shoot for this weekend. I think when you're hosting a team like the New York Jets at home, and and I'll get into Mike White in segment two, I want to talk about that. Um, But Mike White's the starting quarterback of that team. He's got a lot of hype around him right now after replacing Zach Wilson last week, playing really, really well against the Bears. Um, I think he's getting a little bit too much hype for what he did against the Chicago Bears, considering the Bears had, I think, maybe one NFL player in their entire secondary. Um, A lot of injuries there. They're basically putting that thing in reverse right now, trying to get a high draft pick to to surround Justin Fields with. So the defense... Left a lot to be desired last week for the Chicago Bears, but Mike White lit him up. Um, So I think he's gotten a lot of hype this week. But if you're a Vikings team hosting the Jets, hostile environment against a guy in Mike White who maybe is a good quarterback, maybe isn't, um, I think this is a game you should look at as, like I was talking about, a game where you finally put together a full 60 minutes and you, from the opening kickoff, to the final buzzer, dominate the game. Um, That's on the table this weekend for the Vikings. It's what they should be shooting for. The biggest matchup this weekend, though, I know I just did a little tease to the Mike White segment that we're going to talk about. The Jets' defense this year is what's carried them to a 7-4 and record. And more specifically on that defense, the defense as a whole is very, very good. Um, Robert Sala has them playing very, very well. Uh, he, he, he's someone who I think a lot of people looked at him as, as a head coach and said, is he, is he really good? Cause his first couple of years were very, very shaky. Um, but, but the jets as a whole were kind of a disaster to walk into. So defensive minded coach and Robert Sala has the entire defense playing well, but the guy who makes this thing go already in his rookie year, I think we're 12, 13 games, you know, week 12, week 13, Sauce Gardner, number four overall pick in the 2022 draft. Cornerback out of Cincinnati. I think his stats coming out were were insane. He like didn't allow a touchdown last year throughout college. Not sure he allowed many touchdowns in, in his entire college career basically just took away one half of the field in college um, as a six foot three, 200 pound specimen, um, you know, for Cincinnati and has come right to the NFL and done the same thing. Uh, Sauce Gardner, as crazy as it sounds, has established himself as one of the best cornerbacks in the league already. Um, There are some people that think he is already the best cornerback in the league by himself. Pro football focus has already, you know, the stats that they do, the analytical breakdowns that they do um, have deemed sauce Gardner, the best cover corner in the NFL already um, with what he's done with his body of work so far. Um, He's a lot, he hasn't allowed a touchdown reception on him, you know, in man coverage or where he's the closest defender since week two. Um, That was the two Amari Cooper in the Cleveland, in the game against the Cleveland Browns. And if you go back and watch that, that touchdown, I watched it this morning. Um, it's technically Sauce Gardner's 
fault, or I think that's <clears throat> he gets the blame for that. Um, but it's a gray area. Um, there, I think he passed him off to a safety, and um, it wasn't like he just got beat one on one. I'm heaping all this praise on Sauce Gardner because he's going to shadow Justin Jefferson this weekend. Um, and that's a matchup I think everyone needs to be privy to heading into the Sunday game and in a matchup that over the course of the Sunday game, if you don't know who Sauce Gardner is, um, if you don't know who Sauce Gardner is, you're probably more of just a casual Vikings fan um, because he's already established himself as a household name. But if you don't know who Sauce Gardner is, you will you know, by Sunday, three o'clock um, after he's had three hours to go up against Justin Jefferson. Cannot wait for that matchup. That is, I think, and I don't know if it's fair to say that's where the game is going to be won because I think there is a world in which Sauce Gardner bothers Justin Jefferson and other players on the Vikings step up, whether it be Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, who me and Tom Schreier talked a lot about it in, in Tuesday's episode. It, it's something where we look at this matchup as <clears throat> this could decide the game. And we say that because it's two superstars going up against each other. Um, I think the Vikings have a little more to give offensively, even if you are able to bother Justin Jefferson. But that matchup right there, I think, is is the, the key one you know, to the game this Sunday and something that I think will be worth kind of the price of admission at us bank stadium, just watching Justin Jefferson and sauce garden and go at it, you know, here and there, every play, um, you know, teams don't really target sauce Gardner at this point um, in his career. It, it, it's not as much as, as Daryl Revis where, you know, it was Revis Island. He was getting one, two targets a game. You know, Sauce Gardner here and there will will get you know a game three targets, five targets, seven targets. Um, but as I was mentioning, he doesn't allow a lot of yards um, against the Bears. One catch for thirty one yards against the Patriots. Two catches for for nineteen yards against the Bills. That was Stephon Diggs. He shadowed him most of the game. One catch, forty five yards. Patriots, this is a funny stat, two catches for, for negative four yards. All of these things I'm listing are when Sauce Gardner is the closest guy in coverage, when it's his man. Broncos targeted him 10 times, four catches, 16 yards. Packers, one catch, eight yards. Dolphins, three catches, 26 yards. Like, you, you throw at this guy, you don't get a lot of production. Um, you know, I'll just finish it up. Steelers, two catches, nine yards. Bengals, two catches, 51 yards. Browns, four catches, 33 yards. And the Ravens, one catch, eight yards. So if you throw his way, you know, to this point, it doesn't look like you're going to get a lot of production out of it. Um, those stat breakdowns brought to you by Bring Me the Sports. Joe Nelson wrote a, wrote a good article about Sauce Gardner and, and Justin Jefferson. Go give it a read. <clears throat> he did a lot of the digging for those stats. Um, and I think that was helpful to kind of show the impact that he's had, Sauce Gardner's had um, to this point in the season. However, this will be his toughest test yet. Justin Jefferson, it, not only is he, in my opinion, starting to establish himself as the best receiver in the league, he's playing out of his mind right now. 
He really is. Um, he was he was outstanding on on Thanksgiving against the Patriots. Really willed the Vikings to that game. And I know Kirk Cousins played very very well in prime time. I would say arguably his best performance in prime time since he's been a member of the, the Minnesota Vikings. But Justin Jefferson <clears throat> is someone who makes this offense go. It, it he is someone who is playing at such a high level right now that I think you almost assume he's going to go for a hundred yards week in and week out. I mean, when he doesn't, um, it, it's almost a surprise. So that will be sauce Gardner's biggest test to this point in the season. It will also be Justin Jefferson's biggest test to this point in the season. So I think those two things, those two guys going up against each other at the peak of their primes is something that will ultimately kind of whoever wins that matchup will have a better chance to win the game. Um, Justin Jefferson one-handed grab against the Buffalo bills was brought up to sauce Gardner this week. And he called it a, that was a pretty good catch. Um, that's just the gamesmanship that's going on. That's a cornerback talking about a receiver ahead of this matchup. Um, I think both those guys really respect each other, and I think it, it's something where both are really looking forward to going up against each other. Justin Jefferson's going to talk later today. I guarantee he heaps praise on Sauce Gardner. Kirk Cousins did it yesterday. Um, just kind of unfathomable how how good a young player can be so fast. Um, that was Kirk Cousins' kind of message um, about Sauce Gardner. So th- there's not enough superlatives to to kind of talk about how good this kid is already Um, but I think this Sunday is going to be a really good test something really fun for all of us to tune into Um, and I can't wait to get there um, and and see Um, the Jets as a whole as I mentioned though good defense um, across the board Um, so it's certainly not something the Vikings can take lightly as okay it's just a JJ versus Sauce Gardner matchup Um, if they do that if they don't respect this Jets defense as a whole Kirk Cousins is going to end up on the ground quite a bit like he did against Dallas two weeks ago. So Vikings, they're preparing for a, for a tough grinded out game against the Jets. It's, I think all of us are kind of excited for the same thing. Um, but I think the Vikings should look at this game as one where they can finally kind of put their foot on the gas from the beginning, not take it off and just kind of drive away with, 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 a with a, impressive victory where they control it from opening kickoff to the final buzzer something they haven't done yet it's something i think is on the table this weekend um and i think the justin jefferson sauce gardner matchup is going to play a big role in whether they're able to get that done welcome back to inside purple and gold i'm dane mizutani i'm flying solo today tom schreier will be back on sunday afternoon to break this all down to break down the game between the vikings and the jets we will be kind of live right after that game Sunday, so so stay tuned. Uh, both of us will go down to the locker room, gather quotes, write our stories, and as soon as we're done with that, we'll hop on here. We'll record with our great producer, Spencer, and, and we'll get this thing posted. I think it's something a lot of Vikings fans are looking forward to with this game this weekend. It's something we're excited to break down whenever that game ends. Uh, maybe we'll be talking about a 10 and two Vikings team at that point um, with another notch in their belt um, after they take care of business against the jets. Um, it's certainly something they need to do something they're hoping to do. 
Um, they can clinch the division this weekend if they win against the Jets and if the Lions lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is not something that is in the forefront of the Vikings' mind. We asked them about that yesterday. Kirk Cousins said kind of ignorance is bliss when we talk about these scenarios and we don't want to read too much into the ability to clinch. We just want to take care of business when we can. But, you know, if you can clinch the division with five weeks to go, it's certainly a feather in your cap. It's something the Vikings will be trying to do this weekend, no doubt about it. Let's talk about Sunday's game, though. The Vikings can only clinch Sunday if they take care of business, if they win. If they win on Sunday, and if the Lions also beat the Jaguars on Sunday, then the Vikings can go into Detroit next week, control their own destiny. If they win, they are NFC North champions. If they lose and the Lions win, then it's, you know, then we're, we're looking at a, this could be pushed out a couple of weeks. Um, but I think the main focus this weekend is not on what the Lions are going to do against the Jaguars. It's what the Vikings need to do against the Jets. And in order to beat the Jets this weekend, we talked about the Justin Jefferson versus Sauce Gardner matchup. JJ is going to have to have a big game. No doubt about it. The offense is going to have to come through. No doubt about it. Guys like Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, TJ Hawkinson, um, Johnny Munt, um, KJ Osborne, all of those guys that surround Kirk Cousins, they're going to have to step up and have big games. No doubt about it. But this game can be one on the other side too. Because the Vikings are playing against a guy by the name of Mike White. 6'5", 220, looks like a quarterback. Carries himself like a quarterback. Last week against the Chicago Bears, played like a franchise quarterback. 22 for 28, 315, three touchdowns. Quarterback rating of 149.3. He was playing in that game, starting in that game, replacing number two pick from last year's draft, Zach Wilson. And if you're going to replace a number two pick in the draft and you're going to go for 315, three touchdowns and have almost a perfect quarterback rating, that's about as good as you could hope for. Mike White replaced Zach Wilson partially because Zach Wilson might stink, partially because I think at this point, Zach Wilson and that experiment that was taking him number two overall might just not be working out. Um, But largely he replaced him because Zach Wilson in in the offense put up three points against the Patriots and asked about it after the game. Did you let your team down? Zach Wilson said, no, I didn't. Zach Wilson got replaced for his leadership. Make no mistake about it. His lack of leadership. Uh, people can say what they want about his production to this point, and you know he's not that good. He he hasn't shown flashes of being the franchise quarterback, so why not move on? He was the number two pick in the draft last year. You don't move on from a guy like that after a few bad games. You've seen these these NFL front offices and and these NFL brasses and and the GMs they stick with these guys because they know their jobs on the line if this pick doesn't work out. Um, So you're able to stomach some bad games here or there. Zach Wilson had a couple of good games as a rookie, and that's about it. Um, He's looked wholly unimpressive this year. 
I don't think the stats are the thing that got him benched, though. I think it's when you start to lose a locker room. And I think when you make comments after, I think they put up less than 100 yards of total offense two weeks ago against the Patriots and asked about it, you say, that wasn't on me. As a quarterback, as a young quarterback in the league, that ain't it. And I think he started to lose the locker room. I think Robert Sala saw that. And I think that's why Mike White was in the game last week. I think if Zach Wilson came out after that Patriots game and said, I screwed up, I need to be better, then he would have got that start against the Bears last week. Maybe he would have put up some numbers and maybe we wouldn't be talking about Mike White heading into this Sunday's game. Maybe we'd be talking about Zach Wilson. That long tangent is to say Mike White performed when he was given the opportunity last week and he will be the starting quarterback once again on Sunday for the New York Jets when they travel into Minnesota, into U.S. Bank Stadium, and try and notch another victory to move to 8-4. and four. Mike White, I said it. Great game last week. 3-15, three touchdowns. Looks like a quarterback. Carries himself like a quarterback. But let's be realistic. This guy's 27 years old, and this is really the first time he's getting an opportunity to start. He played a couple games last year. I'll get into that. Um, some people think... And my really good friend, Sam Gordon works for the Las Vegas review journal, huge Mike white guy, me and him, you know, get into it about Mike white pretty frequently. Um, some people think his performances last year kind of dubbed. Okay. Like this is why he should, she should have taken over for Zach Wilson sooner. And then when they see a game like last week against the bears, it's like, well, Mike white could have been doing this all along. Let's not get it twisted. As I mentioned, Mike white, playing against basically backups and third stringers last week in the Chicago game to his credit dominated um, bears or bears had no chance. Jets ran away with that victory. Let's look at Mike White's stats from last year though. Respectable game against the new England Patriots, respectable stats wise. Um, the Jets got annihilated in that game 54 to 13. That was on October 24th. So Mike White plays that game replaces Zach Wilson midway through, you know, the game was close. And then I think the Patriots exploded for points in the fourth quarter. We don't need to go into all of the Jets schedule from last year, but Mike white comes into that game, throws for 200 yards, a touchdown, two picks, whatever. The next game is the one that people, a lot of people point to uh, Mike white against the Bengals last year. Obviously the Bengals got all the way to the Super Bowl last year on Halloween night. Uh, Mike White went 37 for 45 for 405 yards, three touchdowns, threw two picks. He was great. They won the game. Mike White single-handedly carried the, the, the Jets to a victory in that game um, with a performance that's better than Zach Wilson's ever put forth in the NFL. So when you look at the people who are big Mike White guys, big Mike White supporters, they they point to that game Halloween last year and say he put up 400 in an NFL game. Zach Wilson's never done that. Um, true. Yeah, that that's that's fair. Um, he deserves credit for, for putting up 400. Um, the next week, he was very underwhelming through for less than 100 yards. And then the game that got Mike White benched and got Zach Wilson back into the mix once Zach Wilson got healthy last year against the Buffalo Bills. Um, laid a complete egg. They lost 45 to 17. Mike White, 22 of 44 for 250, zero touchdowns, four picks. Dominated. Um, turned into a pumpkin. Um, the Cinderella run was over. 
and kind of proved, yeah, he can be a spot starter in the league, but should he be a guy running your franchise? Probably not. That's the guy who's coming in to U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. That's the guy who I think is coming into U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday. This is nothing against Mike White. He He's, you know, this fourth-round pick who grinded his way in, in, into the NFL spotlight and now is starting for the New York Jets. Like, Good for him. But let's let's not pretend this guy is, is the next Tom Brady. Let's not pretend this guy's coming in and is someone to be feared on Sunday. He's someone that obviously the Vikings should respect. He put up big numbers last week against the Bears, and the Vikings defense, frankly, should be respecting everyone because they're, they allow yards at almost a higher rate than any team in, in, in the NFL. They allowed Mac Jones to kind of slice and dice last week. Um, so it's not something they can take lightly this weekend with Mike White coming into town. However, you should look at this matchup as someone who the Vikings can just get after and make uncomfortable and bring pressure and fluster in the pocket. We saw it last year. After that Bengals game, riding this high, two weeks later, throws four picks against the Buffalo Bills. That defense is obviously a better defense than, than the Vikings have proven to be this season. But with with edge rushers like Zadarius Smith, who I think is still ranked first in the league in, in, in pressure rate, and Daniil Hunter, who's turned around his season through the middle portion, and I think he ranks 10th in the league in, in pressure rate, you can get after a guy like Mike White. You can make him uncomfortable in the pocket, and you can make him turn the ball over. Even in that game against Cincinnati last week, last year that people point to and say Mike White is a good quarterback. Look at what he did. He threw two picks. This is a guy who's going to turn the ball over. This is a guy who, if you pressure him, if you make him uncomfortable, he, he's going to give you the ball back. He has a lot of Taylor Heineke in him. I think that's a good player comp for Mike White. Um, and then that's fine. Like Taylor Heineke's five and one as a starter with, with the Washington commanders this year, has them flirting with a wild card spot. Um, if Mike White turns into Taylor Heineke, a serviceable NFL quarterback in the league who frankly at every turn franchises are going to be looking to replace Taylor Heineke. Awesome season five and one so far filling in for Carson Wentz. I can guarantee the commanders are not going to build around that guy. It's just the nature of it. That's who he is. He's someone who can come in and be a stopgap. That's who I think Mike White is. He's a stopgap. He's someone who maybe the Zach Wilson experiment isn't working out. It clearly isn't. Well, now Mike White, comes in and he can be your guy that gets you to your next guy. That's who you're looking at. I, I think Mike White got a lot of hype last week because he came in and people see him put up these big numbers for the New York Jets team that is finally not a laughing stock of the league. And they latch onto this guy and they say, oh, he, you know, he's the quarterback. He's the quarterback of the future. He's not. He's not the quarterback of the future. And the Vikings can't treat him like the quarterback of the future this this Sunday. Get after him with Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter. Make him uncomfortable. Dalvin Tomlinson's coming back up front. He's gonna someone who can generate some interior, you know, rush, you know, which is something the Vikings kind of struggled with with Dalvin Tomlinson out for the past month. Those two guys up front, Eric Hendricks and Jordan Hicks, kind of manning the middle and a makeshift secondary. Um, Patrick Peterson, obviously the leader of that. A lot of injuries right there. Um, I think a Caleb Evans will be back from concussion protocol. So he'll be starting opposite corner. 
Um, you got Chandon Sullivan, Duke Shelley. The cornerbacks, the you know, if, if Mike White gets a lot of time to throw the ball, he's probably going to be able to move the ball downfield, which is why I keep saying, make this guy uncomfortable. Pressure him. This is not a game that you should look at as we're playing Mike White. Oh, no. I think at the beginning of the season, if you told the Vikings that come week, what is this, week 12, they would be 9-2 and two heading into the game against the New York Jets facing a guy by the name of Mike White, the backup quarterback. I think he was the third-string quarterback for the Jets because I think Flacco was technically the backup at the beginning of the year. If you told the Vikings all these things at the beginning of the year, they would say, all right, let's tee off on this guy. Let's, let's, let's get after him. Let's go to work. Not, oh, you know, what are we going up against this weekend? Because he just dominated the Bears. Kudos to Mike White for for making the most of his opportunity. I'm not convinced. I don't think the Vikings should be convinced this Sunday. Um, and And I would expect him to struggle. I would expect him to turn the ball over. I would expect him to be sacked a few times. Um, and then just felt be be really uncomfortable for for most of the game. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he'll 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 dice up the Vikings defense just like Mac Jones did. Um, you know the Jets have a, a very talented rook, rookie catching the ball and in Garrett Wilson, really good draft for the Jets. Um, but Mike White is going to make this thing either go or not go. And I think if the Vikings can pressure him, um, they can handle the, the Jets offense with relative ease. So that's what I'm looking for this weekend. Get after this guy. Do not treat him like a good quarterback in the league. He might be down the road right now. I do not think he is. And here we are in segment three for purple prop party. Um, It's what we like to do before every game. Um, Kind of something that our, our old co host, Jace Frederick kind of deemed purple prop party. We like the alliteration. Um, We break down the lines. We break down what the over under is for the game. And then we give you kind of one player prop um, to lock in that's going to hit. Um, spoiler alert, it usually is Justin Jefferson. It is him again this week. Um, I'll give you that player prop here in a couple of minutes. But if you like what you're hearing, make sure you're following us. Make sure you're giving us ratings and reviews on either Apple or Spotify or Google Podcasts, wherever you get them. Um, we're there. And if you're following us, these episodes, as soon as they drop, will come right to your phone. You don't even have to go look for them. Um, we'd love to have you on board, um, building a little following here and, and love the interactions we're getting so far. Um, would love more of that. Um, so if you like what you're hearing, smash the follow inside purple and gold. Um, we'd love to have you on board. All right. The game this weekend, Vikings hosting the jets at us bank stadium, noon central one o'clock Eastern for our listeners on the East coast. I'm not going to go through the mountain pacific whatever just the games at noon the games that it, it's the midday game that that normally goes off vikings hosting the jets minus three vikings minus three so they're their favorites this weekend they're getting kind of the hometown point spread um, generally speaking in vegas home teams get minus three minus two and a half minus three and that's kind of how it, it goes. You know, essentially what this line is saying is that the Vikings and the Jets are seen as very equal teams and the Vikings have the edge because they are at home. They are minus three this weekend, the over under 44 and a half. I think the Vikings cover that spread. I, I've been hinting at it all day, but I think the Vikings use this game 
as not only a chance to notch a signature win, another signature win on, you know, on their belt um, for the people that don't believe in the Vikings, they do have signature wins. Um, they didn't for a long time. They do now. They, they beat the bills and they beat the Patriots on Thanksgiving night. Those are signature wins, whether they did it in impressive fashion or not, they count. Um, a win against the jets this Sunday would be a signature win. The jets are a good football team. It sounds weird to say because they haven't been for about a decade, but they are a good football team. But I think the Vikings handle the Jets this weekend. I think they cover that three-point spread, and I think they notch a signature win where they control it from start to finish. That's what I think is going to happen this weekend. I think the Vikings win the game. I think they win it handily, at least by a touchdown. Not going to give you a score prediction because what's the point? Um, Sure, I will. Why not? 27-20. Um, I think they control the game from the start. I think they, I think a 27, 20 victory where they control the game from the start would be a signature victory. That would kind of be a step forward in the sense of, you know, not screwing around with this team, you know, like they have pretty much every other team on the schedule so far. If I say 27, 20, it means I think it's going to go over. Um, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring shootout like last week's game against the new England Patriots. I don't think anyone thought that game was going to be a shootout. And I think a slugfest was probably a better prediction for that, but it turned out to be a shootout. Vikings ended up obviously winning 33 to 26. Um, I don't think this game is going to be nearly as high scoring, um, but I think the 44 and a half over, um, I think that hits. Um, I think the Vikings offense will be able to move it. Um, I think the Vikings defense, as much as I spent last segment hating on Mike white, I think the Vikings defense struggles to kind of stop yards from, from accumulating down the field. Um, I think the jets are going to be able to score. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to score as much as the Vikings. Your player prop. We're using DraftKings Sportsbook. Sometimes we don't because the lines aren't posted until I think usually Thursday afternoon, Friday morning. Um, but they are, they are posted today. Um, so we're not using prize picks like we have in the past. We're using DraftKings Sportsbooks, which is where we also got the line and the over-under. DraftKings Sportsbook player prop has Justin Jefferson at 84 and a half receiving yards this week. I always take the over with Justin Jefferson. I always do. I'm hesitant to take the over this week because of the matchup I spent 20 minutes talking about in segment one. Sauce Gardner is Justin Jefferson's toughest test to date. And that by no means is going to be an easy task for, for Justin Jefferson this weekend. So I'm hesitant to think that 84 and a half yards is attainable for Justin Jefferson. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say he's going to go over that when he's going to have sauce Gardner shadowing him all game. When sauce Gardner has dominated pretty much every receiver in his path for much of this season. Sauce Gardner has proven to be, some people think already, the best corner in the league. Um, On the flip side of that, some people think Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league. So it's going to be an exciting matchup this weekend. I'm hesitant to go over on 84.5, but I can't not go over on 84.5. It's a bit I've been doing all year. Um, I've been right more than I haven't. If someone's been keeping track of my record in these Purple Prop Party player props, I haven't let me know if you have. Um, I think I've been right more than I haven't. And I've been right because I just consistently take the over on Justin Jefferson, who is having on pace to be one of the best 
receiving seasons in Vikings history. 84 and a half. He's he's already behind pace on 2000 because he's had a couple clunkers. I think he needs he can't afford another one if he wants to go over 2000, which is which he said is a goal of his this year. You can't go under 84 and a half if you want to get to 2000. You need to dominate pretty much week in week out. Put up over 100 yards. I think it's going to be a tough task. I think Justin Jefferson's up to the task. I don't think he's going for 180, 190 like he has against some some receivers this year or some cornerbacks this year. But I think 84 and a half, I think that's, you know, one long pass over the middle or over the top, I should say, and in in a couple a few, you know, dig routes over the middle. That gets him to 85. That's something I think is attainable. You look at the way that the Vikings skip script opening drives, the way Kevin O'Connell scripts opening drives. They force feed the ball to Justin Jefferson in those opening drives. There's a chance Jefferson could have in the upwards of 50 yards on the opening drive alone. So it's a tough call, but I'm taking the over. I I, I always take the over with Justin Jefferson. It, it seems silly to not, but that it will be a tough matchup this weekend and certainly one I'm looking forward to following along with looking forward to breaking down with afterwards um, on Sunday with Tom Schreier. We'll be back Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening after we go down to the locker room, after we write our stories, uh, me and Tom will, will rejoin over the internet and we will talk about that game. However, it ends up. I think the Vikings cover the spread. I think they win. We'll see what happens. Um, it's, it's an opportunity for them to further, you know, establish themselves as a Super Bowl contender. Um, I think it, if you want to be taken seriously, you need to beat the Jets at home. Um, but that this is not a walkover football team that they were in the past. This will be a hard game. This will be a grinded out game. This will, won't be an easy game by any means. But I think the Vikings get it done this weekend. We'll be back on Sunday to talk more about it. Thanks for tuning in. We always appreciate your listenership. Um, we can't wait to talk to you on Sunday. I'm Dane Mizutani for Inside Purple and Gold. I'm out. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.